Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Better call! Hey, What is happening? I was just trying to think of something else than what is up. What is happening? What is the temperature? You like that? What is the temperature? (laughs) What's the? There's a way to say what's up. Like, yeah. What is the temp? What can ditties? Uh, what's up? You're looking tan. You're looking refreshed. Feeling good, guy. Feeling good? good in the neighborhood. It's all good in the hood. Looking good. Feel good. What's up, everybody? If you are watching us live on YouTube, hello. It's good to see you. It's Tuesday afternoon. If you are listening to this podcast after the fact, thank you for doing that. Hit that uh, like button on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube podcast down in the description below. If you're listening to the podcast, YouTube link in the description below. Uh, we got a we got a big mailbag at some point coming up at the end of the week, John. And we have been flooded with mailbag questions, which we appreciate and we love. Uh, we got another one star, which we'll have to address. Uh, we got a lot of five stars, which we appreciate. We dropped from a 4.9 to a 4.8 on Apple Podcasts, John. Unacceptable. So we got to try and drive that back up. So go to the mailbag, leave us a review. Five stars. I don't think he's asking too much, but, um, you know, we, 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 one time we got a, accused of deleting reviews. You can't do that. We, we wouldn't even know how to do it. We wouldn't try if we did. It's not the case. And, um, so we address everybody's concerns. We appreciate that. We appreciate going to iTunes. Five stars, leave us a question and um, tell us a bar you like to hang out at. Yeah. Or if you're Middlecoff uh, in Tahoe this weekend, tell us 12 bars you like to hang out at. Like, like 50 said guy to the haters. Hmm. Um, if they hate, then let them hate. And watch the watch money, the pile, money up. pile up. Yeah. Did you just look that up? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I, I was like, I, I'm not on my game right now. And I'm like, I don't think I could say it correctly. Yeah. You know, so it's just I have that album memorized though, so we could <laughs> if it was on I me and AJ Riding 2003. Forward. Listen yeah. to that a lot. fifties first album? Get Richard Die trying. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it's a good one, you know. Yeah. I didn't 50 Cent did not make Will Compton's list um of top ten uh rappers, rappers. of all time. Yeah, no, yep. he did uh, he didn't, he, he didn't I forget a lot. If you've been on the internet this week, you got some busting with the boys, Will Compton's top ten list. Uh Eminem, Mac Miller, Biggie, Beastie Boys, Tupac, Jay Z, NF, Lil Wayne, uh MGK, J. Cole, Machine Gun Kelly, for the record. Is, is Machine Gun Kelly good? Somebody I mean, said I, it was satire. It was satire. Was it fake? Was he trying to get I, in? I could see. I could see engagement. Yeah. Bunch of white guys for the engagement. Possible. A lot of internet buzz. It, yeah. y- your always take is whenever the internet is over the top, like usually happens, like when a new football league happens. Like, listen, guys, I didn't want to like it, but after watching the USFL all day today, I think it's got a chance to be for greatness. And then every single person is tweeting about how great the USFL is. It happened. Remember in. Uh, 
in 2020 with like the Japan baseball or, you know, the ABL, the Korean baseball back. league, specifically the AAF, you and I red flagged. It's like, why is every media member tweeting like they got stock in this thing? Yeah. It was all the same. It was, it was very like, weird. Yeah. It was, was Vince, you know, have some reporters on the payroll. It was weird. It does feel from gauging the internet that the new top gun is getting that times 500. Like it, I saw Eric branch, who covers the 49ers, said he cried. I, I mean, guy, every single person I follow. Eric Branch said he cried? Twice. W- whether He's you're a hardened sports, media member. Sports, finance, whoever. Every single person is just like, this blew me away. Should we go see and, it in theaters? Should we make a field well, trip I, day? I, I saw someone tweet, it's, it's an unnegotiable. If you're going to watch the movie, you have to see it in theaters, right? I mean, that's just yeah. a movie like that. Maybe we should go. Maybe we should. I'd be down. Maybe Friday. I would do. Yeah. Maybe we, maybe we do that. I mean, it's um, – because I'm with you. I had the same thought. I am not into universally anything on the internet. If anything is univ- – this, but, again, it gets you into trouble. Like, Jay Cutler universally hated. This is the example I always give. And so I went the other way on Jay Cutler. And um, I did it for the wrong reasons. Jay Cutler, the player. Like, now nah, he's going to fight. I love this guy, man. And it just was a mistake. I did it for the wrong reasons. And if you do stuff for the wrong reasons, sometimes you get bitten by it, you know? Tony Romo fell under that category a little bit, too. I think a lot of people used to talk shit about Tony Romo. I always kind of like Tony Romo. I, I would say he's probably a little different, Jay. I, I actually knew some people that when they were with the Bears before Nagy got there, they're like, like Jay. I just mean like they, they didn't – he wasn't like universally hate. Jason is kind of a weird category, but he kind of had to pick a side, right? And most people were on the side of like kind of douchey, not that good. Even though, remember that game against the Niners, Sunday Night Football, when he fucking eviscerated them? Jimmy no. Ward? Uh, Bears, Jay Cutler? Yeah, this would have been – it might have been a Jimmy T or Chip. So the, the, the Niner team wasn't good, but it was a Sunday Night Football game, and he threw a couple touchdowns to like – Alshon Jeffrey, I think, was was on the team at the time. And, you know, it might have been Jimmy Ward's rookie year, and they put Jimmy Ward on Alshon, and it was obviously Alshon's, like, mm. looks like fucking Clay Thompson, and Jimmy's just not that tall, and everyone's like, Jimmy can't cover anybody! But Jay was just making some sweet throws. Because he could do that. Like, if you just watch a Jay throw, you're like, damn, look at that arm. Just so <laughs> casually fucking... But that's what I think Miles Teller and Maverick are like. <laughs> Come check us out. I mean, this movie's been, we've been teasing this movie since like early 2020, right? Like 29th, late 2019, I feel like. Guy, they did the rounds at the 49er Chiefs Super Bowl, Radio Row. Miles Teller was doing the rounds promoting the movie that was supposed to come out a couple months later. That's right. Because I saw Kevin Clark just posted his interview with Miles Teller. And I'm like, wait a second, what is this from? Yeah, it's from the 2020 Super Bowl. Oh, think how far away that the 20, yeah, the 19 season. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. 19 season. Like they were getting ready. It was coming. I don't quite understand the delay. I mean, was it shot? I, oh, because the movie theater. Shot I think out. they wanted it in theaters. Yeah. And 2021, then it wasn't worth it. You had to let everyone kind of. So you just waited till 22. Smart move. Yeah. Nasser on the stream says, hey, Haberman and Middlecoff. Two F's. One F is incorrect spelling of Middlecoff and how the Eagles spelled his name on his cubicle when I went and visited him at the Eagles. Get facility. very offended by the one, the Fresno State did the same thing. Um, I invite you all to my week one viewing party in my dorm room in Berkeley. That's going to be a strong no, but I appreciate the hospitality and the invite. 
Uh, yeah. What's the judge from uh, American Idol? That's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> Jack, can you? How tiny was your dorm room at Fresno State? Well, you had a big one. Yeah. So what happened was we short version. I'm I'm a procrastinator by nature gotten better about it but at that time in my life did not fill out the paperwork for the dorm living until the last moment so i was on the waiting list they hold until the last minute the handicapped suites until they realize they don't need them and then they make them available to the people on the waiting list so i was in a handicapped suite the sequoia dorm at fresno state so it's two people per room two rooms so four total people living room big living room two couches foosball table bean bags massive living room like massive like Every if you rolled into your hotel room at 36 years old right now you'd feel good about the setup this would be this would be a sweet like sweet <laughs> like you and your boys yeah. when you have money would get this in vegas right like you each yeah. get your own room every door wheelchair accessible so it means huge, the hallway huge, is wide the door is wide hoopers. and the bathroom is huge Wow. Wheelchair accessible. You did not go to the communal showers where you could see other people's feet. Did not. We had our own bathroom, stand-up shower, toilet, separate room with a door, double sink. And, That's hard uh, to beat. Yeah. So, you know, one of those situations where you just got, kind of got lucky. Yeah. How about your dorm? But how about your dorm room, John? Mine was tiny and you, you had to shit next to people. Shit, the showering thing is like, again, at the time, you don't really care. Looking back, I, I, how much you have to pay me. To just you, you, everyone's walking down the halls and towels. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, James, hey, what's going on? Did you wear shower <laughs> shoes? Uh, I, I would, I think I did. Just everyone did. It was just yeah. you didn't know what was going on there. Absolutely. Like I, at my gym, steam room, I, I don't wear shower shoes. Like I, I feel comfortable in the cleanliness of just the Bay Club. The, I, the Cal Poly would be on the complete opposite end of the spectrum of like. People could be puking. People there, there might be two sets of feet. It's like, is that Julie with their bill in there? You know, it's like there could be a lot going on everywhere. No rules. Yeah, we had a our room was so big we had a fifth person sleep on our couch for several months. DeAndre Miller played baseball at Fresno State. Lost track of the really great guy. Lost track of him. If anyone out there knows where DeAndre is, I've looked for him probably three or four times on the internet since two thousand and you know, 10 something haven't found him, which is almost impossible to not find somebody on the internet. But if anyone knows Deandre, yeah, send him my way. I just got on a text to Loyola Marymount afterwards, bunch of Fresno state people that are already getting fired up like a big caravan, Fresno state USC. I, I think it's going to be, Ooh, I bet that yeah. game, I bet that game is going to have some juice to it. You know, they play week two, they host Oregon state. Fresno state does. Yeah. So there's a decent chance. I mean, that'd be a big win for them, but a winnable game. If they're 2-0, and and obviously SC, a lot of people are kind of getting on their knees and giving uh, old Lincoln and USC kind of the reach around. Like, could they be a sleeper? Right. Yeah. Feels yeah. a little quick, but, I mean, they, they're they not going to feel suck. quick. But, you know, they got Caleb Williams. They got Jordan Addison. They got Lincoln Riley. Didn't they have a million other transfers? They did. They got Eric Gentry, this, who was a freshman All-American linebacker at ASU last year, just transferred in. They got a linebacker, uh, Shane Lee from Alabama, who's played a bunch of games at Alabama. Yeah, I, I, I would guess they're going to be pretty good. I think, but so I too. could also see, I could also see Kyle Whittingham in Utah, just like oh, them now, 
and then, yeah, well, and everyone's gonna be picking them. And you know, they I play week that. one. They play Florida at Florida week one. Utah? That'd be a big. That'd be a big win for Utah. It would be. I think. I right now. I mean, they're you know Billy Napier first year at Florida. They gotta get you know open. I would say if Utah beats Florida at Florida, and I get they got a new coach, non bowl, that would be probably a top three or four win in program history, right? Non bowl. I mean, they beat Alabama in a bowl game, right? Like non bowl. Yeah, I gotta think so. What might be their best win in program history? How does it get any better? Non bowl. I mean, beating yeah. Alabama in the was that the Sugar? I think they beat It them. was, but remember, they had just lost the SEC championship game. It was one of I those know. winner games. It was a big deal. But I think in hindsight, it's bigger than maybe even it was then. Well, you could just say, well, what's Florida's motivation? The Fiesta win, Urban's year. That was big. Non-bowl would probably be the biggest because you're playing Florida. They're motivated. It's week one, right? So it's like, it's not like, well, they're they're already looking back. They just lost the SEC championship. There's none of that crap. That's some That happens in the bowl, and I do think it's fair, like, they weren't really that into it. That's that's usually a good betting strategy. It's like who's going to be into it, who's not. And you For sure, bet against them. Yeah, Florida Week One, Billy Napier. <laughs> it's Napier, but I just like saying Napier. Napier. Why do they draw out the SEC seating chart on like a whiteboard? Do you see that thing going? So, viral yeah, there? somebody organized it because I guess it's it's people. Everyone wants to know where Jimbo and Nick Saban are sitting. And of course, gotcha. Nick said, I have no problem with Jimbo, which of course the person who committed the crime doesn't have the problem with the other person. <laughs> is it is there a dinner tonight? Is that where they're going? I think it was the meetings, like their meeting and it's oh. alphabetical order is the oh. way. So somebody did the the whiteboard to show what alphabetical order is going to look like. Gotcha. And they put Jimbo next to all the uh, administrators, right? So he couldn't. And then Nick's kind of on the other side of him, so he couldn't get to him. Which is like, what are they going to They're going to fight? They're going to be fist, fisticuffs? Oh, because I thought like they had strategically placed kind of lane in the middle to like create some havoc, but they, they just did <laughs> just uh, alphabetical. alphabetical. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Alphabetical. Those meetings. I mean, I'd put a camera in that bad boy. That'd be. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, we're going to be, speaking of cameras, we'll have our cameras out during the uh, allowable camera moments on Wednesday. We're recording this Tuesday. This is a back-to-back podcast day. Sometimes we have back-to-back, you know, a podcast and a live show. Back-to-back podcast day. John and I are going back to 49ers. Their open practice this week is Wednesday. We will be there. And coming up a little later on in the uh, podcast, we'll talk about how we watch Trey Lance because every time we watch Trey Lance, we talk about it. Then there's a big debate about whether or not we know what we're doing. So, so well, I want to talk about how we watch Trey Lance a little later in the podcast today. What if Mayoko walks up to us and goes, hey, you two, nobody fucks with you two. Nobody. <laughs> I'd be like, Matt, what do you mean? That's right. Nobody fucks with us. You'd be like, no, in the sense that Kinlaw, nobody fucks with you. Yeah. It means two different things. Thing is, Javon ain't practicing. Like he, he just he, when you're not practicing, he's, patrolling, you do, he's policing the sideline. Yeah, you do kind of walk around. I, I wonder if they kind of strategically place him somewhere tomorrow. It'd be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> on the far field, like always, just be in the middle of the field. Come out. He's going to watch uh, Trey Lance. No, I'm just gonna kind of keep an eye on Kinlaw. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we'll watch for that. I guess we'll keep our eyes peeled. <laughs> Last time we went out there, we said we we're gonna watch for Kinlaw, and then something happened. So. Wow. JT know. on the stream says it's fucks with an X. Like nobody fucks with you with an X. That's yeah. Okay. Got it. Good point. Uh, do what was Steph Curry doing at the golf? I think I, somebody said golf Mart. I thought it was the PGA superstore. 
in uh, Palo Alto was my guess. I, did, I didn't know we had one in the Bay Area. I've been there. Well, for those of you listening, we're watching the video. It's narrated in Spanish. Somebody knows what the guy says. Break it down for us. But there was a video that went around uh, Monday of Steph just leaving a, you know, in a shopping center with a bunch of golf clubs, walking back to his car. Putter two in left hand. Putter. I can't tell if if the all golf clubs or if he has like an alignment stick there as well. Maybe it's a driver. I don't know. Somebody said he's getting regripped. You don't. You weren't convinced it was a regripping. But I I know that I've stopped on the way to Niners bracket practice at this PGA Superstore in Palo Alto. That's what I think it is at least. Well, on the most basic level, if you love golf and Steph loves golf, those stores are cool. I mean, it is. I don't care how old you are, how much money you have. I, that is not the first time in the store, whether he's picking up his new clubs, whatever he has been there before to look at shit. Like he doesn't order everything. Like he's, he's a golf fanatic. Now what's I think kind of funny about it. They're literally in the NBA finals. And it feels like, you know, he's got the Tahoe tournament in a month on his mind. Right. <laughs> doesn't it? Where it's like, you know, he's got the member member in three weeks, <laughs> but it's like, he's in the NBA finals. That to me, that I don't think it's as funny. If the Warriors had lost two rounds ago. Right. Do you think part of it is like the, literally the NBA final starts in two days? Yes. <laughs> That's what he's yes. doing. Yes. Yes. This is, is the it, kind it, of it, task that does, that does that go viral if the if the Warriors are not in the NBA final? I don't think it's as big of a story. No. Yeah. I don't either. Because part of the conversation, if you read the comments in the comments, was like, you know, it, it was it, people were discussing what Steph's work day really involves, like how many days he's how many hours per day he's busy, right? Yeah. Because people were debating, oh, well, he's at practice only four hours. I mean, what is he going to do with the rest of his day? My first reaction was just, you know, Steph gets, we know where you and I, we know where Steph plays golf. It's a very nice club. They could regrip his clubs for him. They're like public club courses will regrip your clubs for you, right? Yeah, but even at the country club, I, Steph has been pictured, he plays golf everywhere. Like, it's just yeah, a yeah, call, yeah. like, hey, Steph Curry is coming today. Uh, cool. He, uh, 10 o'clock work for him, right? I mean, he's, if if you made available, he could golf. Like it feels like he's playing five days a week. You know, I like you know, I like to get out a couple of days. Like, if it's possible, he will play five days a week. Maybe take a day off on the weekend to be around the family. But he's he would play golf for the most part. It feels like every day. That's like the vibe I get. And like when people say like you know he's got a tee time, it's it's become this sarcastic running. Like they get a day off. I bet Steph's playing golf. But everyone knows it's serious. Like this is it's like a way of life. Part of the thing with like Glavin and Smoltz. Right, it was like, hey, they played a ton of golf. Everyone knew they literally played a ton of golf. Right, it was like, yeah, they traveled, the, they traveled the clubs, and then John Smoltz, you know, plays in fucking senior PG, like he made a career out of it or attempted right. to. Well, you know what a pitcher's work Ste- day is. Steph you- said the same thing. He's going to try to play on the senior tour one day. I think. I think part of it though, right, is like you know that a pitcher pitched on Tuesday, so everyone just knows he's off Wednesday, and then Thursday is probably not doing much, and Friday he's not doing much. Basketball, it's hard to get a concept, especially when you've got all this time off between series. Like, what does his day look like? You know. Well, let's say that Steph Curry was thirty-eight years old, and this was going to be his last year. What would Live Golf offer Steph Curry to join their league? Yeah. I don't know. Twenty. Million. I mean, it feels like they would don't. You can't. For you can't get Steph Curry for two million. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, rumors are that they offered DJ one hundred and fifty. Now, obviously, he's a pro golfer, but I'm just saying, like, this guy. You know, I, hell, I'd offer like Tony Romo, Steph. Curry, see if I get these guys in my league as well with the pro guys. I yeah. might do something like that. Yeah. You wait, wait. Get which league? 
I'm oh, saying you're the get Saudi League. Into I'm saying the Saudi League. I yeah, would yeah. try it. You know, if I if I couldn't get the top guys and could only get the old Euros, I why wouldn't you just add? Hey, Steph, we'll give you fifty million dollars if you just play in three of our six events or something. And then are on the broadcast for a couple of them. Maybe it's, it's serious golf. Like you're playing with your real score against these guys. Right, like right. I'll put you in a in a group with. Lee Westwood and Phil Mickelson, and Steph. But Curry. they can make up the rules. Why can't Steph? They can why do whatever they Steph want. Play with his handicap, like Steph. Yeah. Steph's a four, and he gets four strokes today. <laughs> exactly. You know. Yeah. Or Steph plays different tees, maybe if it's a. But Steph, he probably wouldn't need that. Um, I think one thing it shows too, because when I saw it, you think like, why when you're very rich, you have people run errands for you, right? You don't get your car. You don't get the oil changed on your car. Somebody picks up your car and does that for you. But with golf, all the errands that come with it, if you love it, are things you want to do. You want to go to the golf superstore. You want to try out different grips. Why don't you just get the same grips? I think one reason to not get the same grips is because you're just constantly chasing different equipment with golf. It's fun. Maybe my game will be better if I try these thicker grips that somebody else has or the grips that are a little, a little less, a little softer that somebody else has. Right. Like part of it, that is the fun of it is constantly tweaking every part of your game. Well, one thing I, I I would red flag where I think it's hard to truly understand what he was doing. He's on, I think Callaway is a business partner with him, right? So his clubs, like if you you and me do a lot of partnerships with advertisers, they send it to our house. So if like Steph Curry had a new driver, they would just, hell, you see people on Instagram that are just normal golfers to get shit sent to their house. Is there a chance he just wanted to go and look because he just wanted to? Like this was he just bought clubs. He just went there, bored, bought a set of clubs. But that a hundred yes, but hundred percent. But part of that is like you get it sent to your house because you might have an eight to five. You can't get out and just walk around. But why would he tell Callaway to send it to the PJ Superstore because he just wants to go there? Go there and but yeah, he's got a machine at his house, right? I know he's got it all. Doesn't need any. <laughs> but sometimes you want to get out. You just want to be a person. You want to go outside. You ever gone to the post office? FedEx just, I mean, I've gone to like get a coffee. I got coffee at home. I just want to go out to, I just need to go. I need a task. Totally agree. Now I think again, where it's weird is like, shouldn't he be breaking down Marcus Smart's defensive stance? Marcus Smart was golfing. (laughs) You didn't see that? Yeah, Marcus Smart went golfing. In their long layoff, what would you say over under around Steph's played in the last three? Yeah. Feels about right. There's a decent chance he'd had a 36 whole day. It's it's Steph, Steph's not like running suicides. You know what I mean? Like he's he's fine. <laughs> but the other thing is like, how does he? He does stay in incredible shape. I mean, is does he just go all in? You know, it's like one of those guys that say like, I lead a very balanced life, but when I'm working, I'm all in on work. And when I'm with family, I'm all in on family. Like when he's practicing, it's like Steph. Yeah. When he leaves, he's just chilling. I just love that video, Steph, because it it he is a human being he is just everybody he just like if you like golf and he loves golf it's that store like i've been to that store many times it's awesome there could be 30 people in that store and you would not never be in the same aisle with more than one other person at a time it's humongous well to me even if you're not i've only been to one in scottsdale if you weren't a big golf guy like you didn't care about the golf clubs the amount of hats that you can find there, cool shirts, <laughs> like you could just find collar shirts for work. I mean, they got a lot of shit in there. I was blown away. I'd heard about it. I'd heard you talk about it. You go into these PJ Tour superstores, 
Again, even if you've never swung a golf club, you could find yourself with five hats, two cool polos, and a pair of shorts, right? How about just travel? Uh, to me, the best part of those big golf stores is like all the putters. Yeah, you start putting around with a five hundred put, you know, dollar putter. It's just like there's a million putters, right? You get to maybe this one, maybe that one, maybe this one, maybe that one, maybe that one, maybe that one, maybe that one. Like the idea of a putting green in my backyard bores me. I would want a chipping green. Chipping to me is ten times more fun than putting. I agree. But if you've got twenty putters out there and you're just fucking around with all these putters, like that's fun. Yeah, there's nothing like a, a sweet golf store with the uh, the putting green and then like the the wood set up all around it would just over under 778 putters you know it's all like how many different each other oh i can try the spider with the with the gooseneck shaft or i can no. the straight the straight shaft ones where the shaft is straight and in the middle of the putter is always a weird one to play around with i don't yeah. i've never i've never seen anyone actually use that one on a course you know what i'm talking which, about which one where the shaft does not go usually your most people's shaft on their putter is on the you know, like on the heel, like close yeah. to you. But some yeah. of them are the straight shaft that goes into the middle of the putter. That's what I'm talking weird. about. I, I've seen, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Those are those are weird. But anyway, uh, NBA Finals starts. Another John example of West Coast advantages. 9 p.m. Eastern time, the finals, or like 9:20 p.m. I don't know. The finals tips off. Uh, I'll spend the. You'll tune in at nine Eastern, or for us six Pacific. Uh, you'll do what I do during. At ESPN, ABC's pregame coverage, you spend 10 minutes trying to figure out if Jalen Rose's glasses are prescription or fake. I think they're fake, but they might be prescription, not positive, hard to tell. You have to, the key is to look on the side of the person's face and through the lens. You look through the lens at their face. And if it, if it's a, if their face is a straight line, then you know it's fake. If there's a little difference, if their face, then you know it's prescription. And, um, I can't quite tell with Jalen if they're prescription or fake. If they're fake, it's it's a. I I actually I'd assume a lot of that. people on TV, especially younger, like Jalen and younger, just in general, are wearing fake glasses. This is which to me like is insulting as someone who wears contacts. Glasses suck. It, it, glasses are an awful accessory. It, they they suck. I I hate every second that I have to wear contact lenses and glasses to wake up. And open your eyes, and everything's blurry. Sucks. So people who wear glasses, I'm insulted. Yeah. I'm like insulted. Shave, shave their plight, heads with hair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my plight is not your accessory. Okay. I can't. Well, I can't. I can't be Top Gun, John. I, the military yeah. wouldn't let me fly a plane. Eyesight not good enough. Have you noticed how many NBA players wear compression leggings and elbow sleeves? A lot. I, the legging thing. You can watch games and not see people's ankles. I mean, it's uh, the scam that the compression lobby has played on everybody. I think AI started it with all the elbow sleeves and everything. Yeah. But it looks so hot and uncomfortable. I don't know how the, all these guys do it. Steph wears like the leggings down to the shin. But so, like Jalen Brown wears, looks like he's wearing the, the Mac Jones body yeah, scuba he, suit. I, I feel like he's not alone. A lot of guys in the oh. NBA do that. I, I remember remember when we were like kids and college basketball was really big. And I was always fascinated by the guys because most people play basketball are in good shape. But they'd wear the long-ass undershirt, white t-shirt. Oh, But then it, clearly the NBA did not allow you to wear. feels like they've laxed a little bit. But you cannot wear t-shirts in the NBA. Now, some of the guys wear like the compression underdeal. But the guys that would wear the long sleeve, not long sleeve, but I mean, 
it, it was definitely out to like mid bicep in yeah. college. And then you get to the NBA and take that off. Like that would be a little weird. Like you've been playing a certain way for a while. And then you take that off. Had to be, you feel like you were kind of naked. I, I got to give my dad credit. I remember, you know, cl- classic dad obsession for years, for years. He's been saying to me, like, has anybody ever done a story about how clearly all NBA players wax their back? And I remember at first I'm like, yeah, what? I, I'm not. Every game you'd be like, see, no back hair. This is crazy. No back hair. No back hair. You start paying attention. Like you're right. Other than Andre Drummond, basically no back hair in the NBA, which I get. Like I, if you're walking around in a tank top all the time. You sense. think a lot of them wax their back? Wax or laser or something. But clearly if you look for it, some of them. Like, I think McAfee waxes his armpits. If you watch McAfee, because he's always sleeveless, he's got no armpit hair, I noticed the other day. Maybe that's a wrestling thing. You know, like swimmers, they're just always shaved. Could, you know, perfectly. Be. Every hair on their bodies just – like Michael Phelps like has leg hair or no arm hair. You're just, you're just a routine guy. <laughs> Aerodynamics. I feel like McAfee's getting bigger. I mean, like if he, you, he's in pretty good shape, I feel You think like. he's getting more jacked. Yeah, I feel yeah. like he's – He's on HGH or something. He's rich He's enough now dick. for every medical yeah. marvel. <laughs> uh, all right, we got a few things to dive into, including what a couple things, uh, a couple NFL stories, and what we're going to watch for tomorrow. Before we go any further, John, though, let's tell the people about our friends at Sleep Number, sleepnumber.com/ham. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your Sleep Number store locally, or just go to sleepnumber.com. Slash ham sleep number where proven quality sleep is life changing sleep. Yep, guy. I-, I love our sleep number beds. There is no better time to try the sleep 360 challenge by sleep number, a 30 day sleep wellness program shown to improve sleep quality and change your sleeping habits for the better. I know this. I have not slept much, a lot of drinking the last three or four days. I am going to sleep the hell out of my sleep number bed. I can't wait to lay down on that thing. The, I, honestly, I'm going to get some dinner after we finish this, and I'm going to mm. sleep. Mm. There's not the, the, the NBA Finals. We got some time. There's nothing I need to watch. I'm just going to sleep. I'm watching this show called Mad Men. Highly oh. recommend. Wait, is that a new yeah. one? Uh, it is to me. Sleep IQ data shows sleepers who use their 360 smart bed technology get almost 30 more minutes of restful sleep per night. That's 170 hours per year. John, as you may know, likes his bed a little softer. His sleep number is 40. I, always preparing for my karate career, like a little firmer sleep number of 55. But this is the beauty. No matter what you like, maybe you have a sleeping partner who has a different preference than you. Everybody can personalize their sleep. What would you do with 100 more hours of sleep? Well, John's about to find out tonight. I found out this weekend. Got some good sleep this weekend. You can, too. Discover special offers now for a limited time at your local Sleep Number store or go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Do it. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, 
pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game, and I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Um, I think one one thing, not I think, I know. How do we watch Trey Lance? How do we watch quarterbacks in general? How do we watch Trey Lance at practice is something we need to talk about. Uh, you were a scout in the NFL, so you have a process of how you watch players then. I don't know if it's different than practice or the same, but um, I want to talk about that as well. Uh, we because Wednesday we're going to go watch Trey Lance and then we're going to have some takes on Wednesday's pod. And I know what happens every time we watch Trey Lance and give our takes is we get feedback like this. I want to read you a couple comments from the last YouTube video. Every, every little salty of these comments. Jaheem said, I like ham podcast, but your Trey Lance take on your last podcast wasn't good. Jack from the Press Democrat said he was 16 to 20 with one bad throw. And Grant from SI said 17 of 20. 
And then somebody replied to that. Niner, by nature, said, let them hate, fam. Um, another comment, it's pretty concerning when you guys are praising Nate Sudfeld. If Trey does not consistently throw an accurate or catchable ball, then it's obviously a problem in Kale's off, uh, Kyle's offense, which is predicated on yak. Ball placement's everything. For being honest, I think Trey's a young kid with great personality. Everyone wants to root for him. He's a high-character guy. It's easy to see why the Q, uh, Niners liked him. He really looks the part and says the right things. I wish the best for him. That's not a controversial take right there. No, I'm not but at it all. was a response a very to positive guy. You and I had talked about how the ball looks coming out of Nate Sudfield's hand. And, you know, the, the, do not interpret that as any sort of assessment of like on some one throw that was deep. We, we, Nate Sudfeld, if he, well, honestly, I tell Kyle, if that's your back quarterback. And we, I think we talked about this on the podcast. Like, I don't feel I don't feel great about the Niners situation at the quarterback position beside Trey, because we don't know Trey can stay healthy. So once Jimmy, I don't know how they're going to trade him. I, they keep saying that. I don't know where the trade comes from, but it Carolina or bust, it would feel like. But, like, if Nate Sudfeld has to play, the Niners are going to lose. Maybe a one-off game, right? If Trey just missed one game, they could figure out a way to win, right? Defense, run the ball. But it would be difficult. I would not, especially if they were playing a playoff-level team or just a good team. Yes. I would bet against the Niners if Nate Sudfeld started any game. Yes. And I think when we talk about how he throws, we're just talking about his on-air, how he physically throws. Just because a pitcher throws 98 doesn't mean he's going to become Nolan Ryan. And we're just talking about I that. I thought we talked like we get why he's in the league. Not yeah, like yeah, yeah. why he's like, hey. He's just <laughs> fun to watch throw the ball. But like, it'd be like watching him play catch, right? Like yeah. it's, but as it relates to Trey, specifically his stats, and I appreciate the guys that log or the, the reporters that, if not all guys, that log his stats because that takes, it's an attention to detail that is useful. But when I but it's, lead, it's clearly a little subjective too because the numbers are a little different. Numbers are different, yeah. Um, but I don't particularly care if he's seventeen to twenty or sixteen to nineteen. Doesn't matter to me. It it would matter to me if he was ten of twenty. Like in practice, most of the throws set up in practice are layups. First of all, there is no pressure; they cannot hit you. So when you just begin with that, we understand that it's very different than a game situation. But we put that aside. I, I, I was thinking about it today. Like, how would I explain or describe the way I watch? And again, appreciative of the people that take the time. I like knowing what his completion percentage was. But again, I don't it doesn't change the way I watch the practice. To me, there's a handful of throws and maybe we can try and keep track of these Wednesday that require an, a, a throw above replacement, right? Like wins above replacement. Most of the throws made in a practice are replacement-level throws. Most of your quarterbacks, it's a seven-on-seven. Seven. The tight end is just going to be open. The cover, whatever. A wheel route to the running back. Yes, these are not throws. If you airmail it, now that's an alert, an alert. But if you miss it, these are open jumpers. These are layups. These are not. These are not throws that if you complete them, tell us a lot about you now there's a handful of throws that occur that we go wow okay but to me you described it this team's played in a lot of big games on, over the last several over the last few years the and Niners. i think when you, the niners and i and i think when you watch them when i watch them i i am imagining those big game situations will these throws translate in big moments will it translate on a third and eight 
in a, in a two minute drill, right? Those are the types of things. So I don't particularly care about the completion percentage. Again, glad somebody does it. I look at it, but if it's, unless it's bad, it doesn't really tell me much. Yeah. I mean, there was one pass that really stood out to me and it was a play. I think Jimmy was even talking about it, a play that he squeezed between two defenders over the middle it was one of those, you know, Juwan Jennings probably somewhere 12 to 15 yards, an in route or slant, you know, something over the middle of the field that would have been a first down in in, in any situation, basically. And get two guys dive in to break it up. It was really impressive, right? Juwan kind of extended. It was just a high-level pass. But I don't put any stock into the stats. Like you said, unless it's like balls are flying all over the place, which is just not going to happen in these type practices with a guy who is just okay. It's not going to happen with Nate Sudfeld, let alone the third pick in the draft. Who's just accuracy is going to be something that we're going to evaluate on him. In my opinion, in games, like I it, it's, that's the hard part about the OTAs and even training camp, but training camp, once the pads come on, it's a little more realistic. I do think it's very, very difficult to, you could like if we just really watched Drake Jackson tomorrow, you'd be like, God, you see that guy's get off. You see some of his just ability to bend. They're going to see some things that immediately translate, even though after a couple steps, he has to stop. It's really hard for a quarterback. Like we know Trey's big. He's got a big arm. He's working to, we, we could say the, the release a little bit, but still it's going to be a work in progress. Part of playing quarterback. Why I think it's so difficult is like every week, new defenses, new schemes, new routes, new players like part of the the thing that like everyone that you learn in training camp the longer you're around football from an evaluation standpoint it's like why do some guys look better the longer they go into training camp because they're playing the same player every week or every day you you just like part of football right is the opponent it's the whole it's the most unique part about all the sports it's like the one game a week and you spend all week game planning opponents individual players like this corner does this shitty this linebacker does this and that's the entire game plan to utilize your skill set and quarterback it's all 11 guys trying to fool them and i like i i think tomorrow will probably look pretty good like some the one thing that the one negative i have that is a little concerning because it is one thing like you said the word layup is the little wheel route that kaepernick i think is a good example of like colin was more physically gifted than Trey. He was faster, clearly. He was taller, and I would say he had a better arm. And Colin, like, when he let it rip, it, it wasn't wobbling. Like, it was fucking, he threw spirals fast. But he had... He threw Mike Vick-level deep ball yeah. lasers. <laughs> Stupid. If Mike Vick had been 6'6", right? I mean, yeah. it's... It, it I just looked, mean the ball piercing the air, right? Like, what Brady br- actually has become as a deep ball thrower. Although... yeah. And the one thing with Kaepernick, like his release, by the time he released it, it was pretty quick. The thing on the wheel routes and some of the quicker stuff, I mean, by the end, when people were making fun of him, it'd be like, Cap just hit the trainer because the touch on the little stuff, and that to me is just w- something to keep an eye on in the praxis. But yeah. like, I, I don't even put that much stock if you overthrow a guy. Like, this is, these had Memorial Day weekend. Now you're coming back in t-shirts. It's like, what? But like you said, I put zero stock guy in the, you know, he was... 21 of 26 today. And the other guy's saying he's fucking 17 of 30. It's like the numbers no, they're don't usually one out. off. They're usually one off. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Th- there's never like a universal. He was 17 of 23 today. 
three touchdowns, one sack. Because no one even knows. Like, what have you been sacked? Did he keep it alive? Yeah. Especially with, and the difference of like, I, I don't, I put zero stock into Nate Sudfeld, but Nate Sudfeld is just a pocket quarterback. He's never going to move. Part of Trey's game is some of the, you know, keeping plays alive with his feet. But they always blow the whistle, but then the quarterback gets to extend it. You're like, is this what would even be going on here? Yeah. It yeah. is very. But what I will say in that specific situation is deep ball accuracy does interest me in practice. You don't get yeah, that many it, shots at it. You only get a couple throws usually. No, but wouldn't you say that just in general, I would say the deep ball percentage for any quarterback is just totally. much lower. So yeah. like, I, if he does overthrow a guy like I, I'm not going to crush him on one pass but you're right it might just be he might just throw two deep balls all day yeah and what if I he mean, misses both does that mean he stinks or is just like you know well, you had two shots in this practice of an hour and a half he threw one to Danny Gray last Tuesday that Danny Gray got like bumped by two guys on the route it, it, the whole play the play never had a shot it had nothing to do with it was not his fault Nate Sudfeld hit a deep ball whatever you know it's it's not so much that it confirms anything I look at these OTAs a little bit like you'd look at baseball, right? Like if you went to take take one of the top prospects in baseball, if it's a hitter, and you go to his debut, Adley Rutschman for the Orioles, who debuted a couple weeks ago, you go and watch his first game. Do you watch any of his – you watch three at-bats, four at-bats. Let's say he strikes – I don't know what he did in his first game. Let's say – I know he had a triple in his first big league hit. Let's say he strikes out twice, hits a dribbler to second, and has a triple. Do you walk away with any big conclusions or do you just say, here's what I saw today? Here's what I saw today. I saw a fastball get in on his hands today. I saw him recognize a slider and he hit it down the right field line today. I saw him work a count, even though he grounded out, it was a good AB. And I think that's kind of the way we talk about Trey. I think Trey, I, I would say I am on the spectrum of Trey Lance. I am optimistic. Like I think Trey Lance can be a good player. I would take the chance on Trey Lance. But it doesn't mean that after a practice, if he missed a wheel route, we don't say he missed a wheel route. It doesn't, doesn't mean we're reevaluating everything we know about Trey Lance. But the guy's basically you know, going into like a semi-rookie, a second year in the league with not a lot of experience. The idea that there's not anything that he's working on or needs to get better at is insane. Guy has two career NFL starts. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think part of like the back and forth is most guys play multiple years before they're at their best. It's called peaking. You don't peak right away. So until you reach your peak, you're trying to get better at things. And then it all comes together for you. This is why we talk about it needs to play. It needs to, this stuff needs to translate. So we know it needs to happen in games so we can know what it means. But um, yeah, we this is a practice. There's only 20. Think about that. There's 20 throws. So do we nitpick them? Yes, of course. Yeah. But we, you know, and then all of it to get. Then we take what we thought last week and what we thought this week and what we think next week, and then we put it all together and we go, what did we think of the three weeks? What needs to get better? Where, whatever. Can you can you win right now with this version of this guy? Right. That's all the. Those are all the opinions that were formed. Well, I mean, the coaching staff in the front office is doing the same thing, right? They are evaluating based off what they're watching. What? Why do guys? Why do some tryout players that go to rookie minicamp get signed? You're like, wow, we saw something we liked. Why does an undrafted free agent, maybe by the third minicamp or the OTA, you're like, this guy's not going to make it, and they get cut? <laughs> you know, there's just you're making snap judgments more... all the time. Yeah, all the time, and based off what you already knew. Well, we 
we were hesitant. To, we, this is the reason we didn't draft him, and we were proven right. Or, damn, we might have missed on this. There were questions about Trey when he was drafted third overall. But the one thing that is not, I, I feel better about our, our original take, and I think the universal take around here, was under no circumstances you do Mac Jones over one of the other two guys. You take a swing. And I think I feel better about that now because I Mac Jones' ceiling is just, I, I, I could not be doing that. And I, I, who knows, like, I, I think Kyle, it is going to test him. <laughs> this is going to be, now you could say Jimmy tested him, but part of the, Jimmy had a baseline of knowledge of the sport that like Kyle, for the first time since RG3, and it's a little different because he's also the head coach now. Like it's just starting from the ground up. Now by year two, you would say Trey already has a large base. Like when you go to calculus, you've already had algebra and geometry. Like, Trey did get last year to learn what it's like to be a pro, what it's show up every day to be a 49er, the playbook, his teammates, the expectation of the head man, right? What the offensive line does. He just, so he's not coming into this square one. Like he has, he has a year under his belt of learning. Patrick Mahomes, same thing, right? Got to learn, sit, and now it's tried to institute this stuff and improve on what he's got. He's just got a, I've been saying it forever. He's got a lot going on. There is a lot going on for him. Like this, I, I admire these guys in this spot, the amount of pressure. Like he is under, and he's getting paid a lot of money, right? With He has not accomplished anything, right? There are a lot of guys in the NFL that have accomplished way more that make way less. But just in terms of the pressure that's on this guy, taking over for a quarterback, very flawed. He was the starting quarterback for a team that won four playoff games in three years. Oh, that's That's more than... As Mike McCarthy won four and Aaron Rodgers won four playoff games in like a eight years. So it's just it, it's gonna be intense, but he just he's gotta figure it out. That's part of the NFL, right? Sink or swim, it's very intense. And these practices, you know, like I, I try to downplay him sometimes, but Kyle, I don't think Kyle would, right? I, I don't think Trey does. I don't think they know what's at stake and the improvement and just because of the expectation, once we come to training camp, it's gonna be high for this team, and it should be. Right. I mean, they have which is which is a pressure, but it's also a benefit to Trey Lance that he's got a good football team around him. That's a huge benefit because the other guys. Right. Fields team sucks. Zach Wilson team. They've they've drafted a lot of guys. but We don't know if any of them are that good. Trevor Lawrence's team is a joke. Look at Mac. Mac was the most ready and he got to go to the most normal, easy situation. If you went it, when you were scouting, if you went to you went to a lot of college practices. So like what would you write down after a practice? It was more body type stuff at practice. That's why they wanted you to the box, you practice and so talk to people. Yeah, but even at practice, to me, it was more body type. To like, if you're gonna say, "Hey, I think Javon Kinlaw is so and so," I stood next to him. He's enormous, right? And you don't get to see that guy when you're in the building, potentially, right? And you're going to meet with people, so you're not at practice. You're not. Now, some guys do this. I, I, I only really did. I mean, I was around him for multiple years at Fresno State. Like, is the guy first in line? Right. Because in the pros, like Ayuk's first in line or whatever, but no one would judge him if he was second in line. Like, it's just part of, you know, it's just the practice. It might be set up by the position coach. Like, in if I go to a college football practice, Jordan Addison better be leading every group for yeah. the receipt. Right. I'll so tell that, you, like, that type of stuff matters. I do like Debo and Ayuk first in line together. When but I would imagine, on, like, you think Jamar Chase and Higgins are first in line? It's, just, it's probably just natural. But, but think about it. If you're the receiver coach 
and you know you have potential Hall of Famer Jamar Chase, and you sit down with Jamar Chase, like, here are the things I think it takes for you to – wouldn't that be one of the things? Like, you got to be a leader in the room. Like, I, that's one of those things I think is easy to explain away. Be like, ah, it doesn't mean anything. But just put yourself in the in the shoes of the position coach. You would tell that guy you're the leader, so you should be first in line. Yeah, and even if you're not a speaker, you, then you got to lead by example. Even better. It's an easy I, I'll never forget going to the Niner practices with Bowman and Wilson. 52 and 53 were just – they were just – First and everything that happened. Yeah. It's just like, God, these guys are just I, fucking right. These guys. It's one of those things where it's easy to be like, ah, we're being too hard. It doesn't have to be first. But I would say the opposite. It's, it's one of those easy things that a leader does. It's very easy because you they don't expect you don't have to say a word because they. I'd say most coaches are cool. Obviously, you need vocal guys. But if you just have a lot of leader by examples, that's pretty good. Right. Also, think about it like when you Honestly, were most kid, people like that. Like think I about being a Think about being a kid at practice. You, everyone, you wanted to be first because you got to go again sooner if you went first. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just to me shows a little bit of passion too. Andrew says, "I think people will be surprised by how much better and natural he looks as a runner in year two. It seemed obvious he was thinking too much and not playing reflexively. I agree that it seemed obvious that he was thinking too much and not playing re- reflexively as a runner. And I think reps can." fix that and comfort with the speed of the game can fix that. See, to me, that would be one true thing. We have no clue until the game start. Cause even in practice, yeah. like I thought he looked good athletic last year at practice, but obviously no one can hit him. To me, that's one thing. Like I'll be, once the game start in hell, it might be a couple, I don't know if they'd let him run in the preseason. Now I guess he could take off, but like, does he run any faster? You think this, this preseason opens with QB power? Send a message. See, but that, like that's a good question. W- would you have Trey Lance get preseason reps? Not running the ball, and I probably wouldn't have him do that much anyway. Like he's gonna be my starting quarterback in when the season starts. Yeah, I know the one thing that can torpedo my season is that guy not being healthy. I'd be. A, I I think it's a very slippery because slope. I don't think you could recreate the Nick Mullins. Like I don't think you're winning a couple of games with the back. I agree with what you said earlier about their backups. Zero chance. But also, like, I, I, I've come around to the Sean Bay way of thinking. Like, I ain't risking shit on something that doesn't matter. Especially when it's like, so he's got to play. We got to get him ready. Okay, cool. So how much is he going to play? One series. Okay, great. And that's going to get – you know what I mean? Like, he's got to play. Kyle, Kyle he, did play, you know, guys like I – mean, I think Jimmy played like a half. quarter. Yeah. It's 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 risky. I, I'm cool. I Listen, I, I subscribe to the Sean McVay way of thinking. Even if you haven't proven anything. I just, I, it's just not worth the risk. What are we really doing? Yeah. Remember Michael Vick? I think like after he had become a superstar, got like hawked in a preseason game and got bent back and like broke his leg. It's just like, can you imagine? I vaguely do remember that. Yeah. Losing. And he was obviously more accomplished at the time than he, you know, Trey, but that I I think the worst feeling in all the NFL is a major injury in a preseason game. Cause you can like, We've all been watching football. Guys get hurt in games. It sucks. It's awful. It never gets, it never feels like any less shitty. Like uh, this just sucks, especially if if it's a guy on your team. I would put preseason exponentially shittier than any possible injury. Even an OTA injury. It's like, yeah, it happens sometimes, right? It sucks. But like most people don't preseason game. You're like, is that uh, is he going to get up? (laughs) Because all you're thinking when it starts, the game is the only thing you want. Who cares about winning? The only thing you want is to get nobody hurt today. Nobody. You you don't even want coaches. Like I don't even want to. We have to. I mean, they want it, but they don't want it. And then when it happens, you think 
I I knew it. We shouldn't have been doing this. That's part of it, I think. Well, I think it's pretty clear that the NFL has acknowledged how irrelevant the preseason is by how many coaches now don't play anybody. And the only reason, and we, we it's it's very clear with the 17th game, how they just made one less preseason. Like it's just, and Peter King's been writing about this. When they go to 18, it'll just be two. It's just yeah. about the gates. Like they, I don't think the league cares. Obviously the coaches and the, and the GMs would probably, if, if financially it wouldn't impact anything, I think they would easily go to zero preseason games. Don't you? Yes. College football, Faye was able to figure it out pretty seamlessly. Man, and again, forever. these guys figure it out. None of their guys play. Well, these guys do the joint practices now. I think every just, team in the league, it feels like does joint practice. Just expand your practice roster, right? Like, like COVID, the, they made the practice rosters bigger. Just give yourself some more guys so you can make decisions as a season goes along. Well, I read the other day there was a headline, and I think they've figured this out the last several years. You know, that like uh, when I was in the NFL, you went on IR, your season was over. That's why yeah. a lot of guys were like trying no, to play through an injury. Six. They've changed that, I think, but it was six, and then they moved it to three. Now they've uh, you've allowed to have two designated for return, and I think it's like four weeks. What? what, what why? Why, why not, not have any? Every, I, I agree. Why force anybody to stay out? I know. I, I don't. I don't. There has to be some sort of insurance payment type deal on well, that. Yeah, it's got to be some like they don't want you Jock Peterson stashing players, you know. That's probably true too. Allegedly, guy. One of the players was Jeff Wilson Jr. How great is that? It's incredible, Jeff. Because you know Jeff Wilson Jr. He probably won a game because of him. Because every year somebody, whoever has Jeff Wilson Jr. wins a game. He has three touchdown game. What well, made sense too last year? Remember he wanted Jeff Wilson because he knew he was going to come back. But didn't he tear his MCL sitting at his locker? But he yeah, came but, back the second half of the season, and Jock knew that you you could get some touchdowns out of that guy. But you didn't want to cut him. Like you're like I'm holding on. I'm stashing this guy. Pretty smart fantasy football move by Jock, keeping Jeff Wilson around. True, there are uh, there was a lot of money involved in it. There, I did send a GIF in the group chat that was making fun of the Padres. That's my favorite part. I did say uh, send a GIF uh, in the group chat that was making fun of the Padres. The part that wasn't in that clip, I think he says because they weren't playing that good or something like that. Yeah, because he kind of hyped them up. He's like, they're really good, but they missed the playoffs. He got the video. Have you seen this video? The video of here's the slap for those of you watching. Tommy Pham. Here it comes. Here it comes. If you're watching. Bam. Kind of a pretty heavy right Did hand. you know much about Pham? I, I, I mean, I remember from the Padres. I mean, Would know you- much about him. I've always I've been familiar with him just because. um he is not on uh, Jock's level as a player by any means, right? No, but he's been a big leaguer for a while now. He played on yeah. some good Cardinals teams, you know. That but, was a pretty, you know, he, he hit him pretty good. Right? There's a difference between a slap and, like, what that was. It was a heavy. It was like, yeah. It feels it, like to he me, got his to me, palm you know the into diff- it. You, you know, the, there's to me, there's a middle ground. If I just open face slap you or if I slug you, obviously the slug could be do more damage. It feels like that was somewhere in the middle. I would say there's two kinds of slaps, right? There's the finger, the fingers slap. Yeah. And then there's if you get the 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 uh what is that called? Like your base of your thumb. Yeah. Not even your palm. Like that. Like that's a bone right there. Like that. That's that's, a, like, that's like a UFC type move. Yeah, I feel like he got that in there. By the way, John, I have to give credit. That video came from 93.6, 96.3, 92.5, the big jab, sports radio, AM 1440 in Portland, Maine. They're the ones that got that got a hold of the video. So give them the credit. 
I, I just, you can never underestimate. You know, now with group chats, because you can really know someone pretty well, but be on a group chat with people you don't know that well. And I remember talking to you about this like last year. You're like, yeah, I hesitate on those. And I, I probably got a little too comfortable on a couple in previous years. Because again, if other people, a lot's flying, but you realize like, I don't have every number in this group chat in my phone. It's a different, obviously when you're on a group chat as a professional baseball player, even if you don't know him personally, like Jock knew who the guy was. I can be on group chats. I have no fucking clue who this person is. Right. Cause it's not like there's a breakdown when the group chat starts. It's like, is Billy James, you know, Willie, my my other buddy thing to do though. Are you, do you think you're part of any group chats that you don't know every single person? Uh, I, and, I mean, what I, I mean, I that is not, a number. Like there's a no, number no. that I don't have. Yeah. I've been on that before. You, you know, it's, it's not an uncommon thing that th- that happens, but I'm not consistently on a chat with somebody who's just a number that I don't know that I participate in. No chance. I would, I agree with that. I would fall under that category as Public well. Public I've, I've changed my ways. <laughs> Cause you, there's just a lot of shrapnel. There, there's a lot of group chats. I saw someone wrote like, uh, if Elon really wanted to just go ham, he could just release every DM ever. Like, can you just imagine if DMs got out? Twitter, oh. it was over the years, you know? Yeah. It just think of the famous people that have sure. DM'd, especially athletes, like athletes to other athletes, talking shit about certain people, athletes to reporters, giving them inside scoop, maybe about a coach, maybe executive, just female situations. I mean, it, it would be... It would ruin everybody. No one could get in trouble because everyone would fall. Right? <laughs> 100%. I've always yeah. said that about text messages. Like, text messages truly ever got out. And now they kind of do sometimes. Yeah. Right? You're like, yeah. is that fair? Uh, the w- One thing I was thinking about, Jock, by the way, the w- what do they say? The best revenge is living good, is good living or something. Like, the best revenge is to be happy. And... I think one of the things that has to make Tommy one of the th- reasons that story is so great, besides that Jock looks l- the way Jock looks as he's explaining, breaking down the most the story that you think honestly, the first time I saw Jock explaining it, I thought it was a setup. Like I I didn't think it was serious. I think most people are like, wait, Tommy fan was mad about what? Tommy is so mad. And Jock okay, he has a blonde, he has a bleach mustache. <laughs> Jock is so just matter of fact about the whole thing. It feels like Jock is confused as to why this is even an issue. Then he goes to the like exhibit a shows the GIF, which is actually, I'd not seen that GIF before. And it's a funny GIF. It is a good one. But I think part of what would have to piss off Tommy is that Jock is not mad in return. Like Jock, he doesn't, he's at not all. pissed at all. At all. <laughs> at all. Like, you bro, know, like I don't know Dr- why you're mad. When and Draymond- I don't care enough to figure it out. Remember when Draymond just said the stuff to Katie? Like, fuck it, leave then, you little bitch. Yeah. And, and Kevin was clearly angry forever. So it's like, it, there was just so much tension everywhere. Jock was like, yeah, man, I don't. When he explained the Jeff Wilson situation on his team, and then he gave the example of the player on, is it Tommy? Is that Tommy Fam? When he explained Tommy had this similar situation with a guy in IR that he had stashed, it's like he's literally doing the same thing. I don't understand why he thinks I'm cheating and he's not cheating. It's also a very relatable. I think part of it, not the slap, but I, I do think for a lot of guys, and you and I are probably unique 
people that watch a ton of sports and have never really got into fantasy before DFS, like never been in a true fantasy. A lot of people love fantasy. And you get a lot of arguments over like, you know, this guy traded me, this guy, he screwed me, this guy. It's just, I think in a lot of friend groups, it was a very relatable situation of a disagreement about fantasy football, you know? And it's legitimate and, disagreement. And he named the specific, like, here was the situation with Jeff Wilson Jr. You're right. <laughs> that takes it to another level. Now, you had a theory or somebody gave you a theory. Yeah, my guy, uh, my, my guy Joey at the gym, who actually just told me, he, he was in a great mood today, and then he told me just, his wife's pregnant, so it made, I, it was like that's awesome. Congrats, Joey. He's a big Giants fan, and we were t- we started talking about this, and he was saying that uh, he had heard or read or thought, you know, maybe someone had said this on a podcast or something that one of Jock, you know, you don't know me that well, was one of Tommy's big thing. Like he doesn't know me that well to do that. He was crossing the line. I don't, don't get know familiar this guy like that. Yeah, and I guess he had a playoff bonus in his contract. And it was a lot of money, and Jock was basically making fun of him for losing out on cash. And I, I understand if you don't know someone that well, if someone was like, hey, fucking, you and I were on a group chat, and sleep number cancels, and, and we lose 50 grand or something, and someone's yeah. like, you idiots don't get, like, I would get, right. if you're in a situation without What's knowing your sleep someone, number now, John? <laughs> exactly. Were you sleeping on the ground? <laughs> And clearly, I bet, Jock, if you do know some of the people well, you just keep doubling down because yeah. this is what you do. You just jab, right? I do think it's pretty – if you don't know people that well and they're on a team that's struggling, it is a bold move to, like, openly talk shit on a text message thread. Don't you think? I think it's bold, but I think, you know, everyone's different. You just think – if someone said that to me and my team just missed the playoff, I would not be offended, right? Jock, Jock does not strike me as a person that gets offended by much, which I always appreciate about somebody. Like, hey, man, I don't, whatever. I, I don't care. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, Jock, yeah. some people are looking for reasons. Feels like Tommy's a looking for reason kind of edgy guy. Tommy looks, yeah, Tommy seems like a fighter. Tommy <laughs> want, wish a motherfucker would. Yeah. And as yeah. the entertainer would say. I, I, I do think... It was the perfect guy because that is a situation. If you get the, if Jock is the wrong guy, like also like a Tommy, couldn't that just start a brawl in pregame warmups? Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing about that video is it looks like Jock kind of reacts like, what the, what the, what is this? This is ridiculous. Now, maybe Tommy wouldn't have gone up to him if he was around like five of his teammates. He was just kind of solo with another guy. Kind of weird. Yeah. You know, you attack, you attacked, you kind of knew he was, you know, so the classic, if you've ever been to a pregame baseball, you, you can get guys isolated. It, it, he wasn't going to go up like the stretching lines and hit him. Yeah. Right. Not supposed to, you know, no fraternization is a rule that gets broken all the time. But uh, that's a legitimate rule. It was once upon a time. I mean, I think it might still be in the rule book, but no one follows it. You know, you're not supposed to talk to the other team pregame. I feel like in every baseball game I ever went when we were doing radio stuff, guys were always bullshit. Oh, yeah. It's, no, I mean, it's, it is if that rule is still on the books, it's been, you know, ignored for it, for the history of the sport. Like people used yeah. to take Babe Ruth took a photo before the game with, you know, I don't know, Honus Wagner or some shit. It's so it's like whatever. Uh, but, uh, but by the way, Jock's been on fire. I just looked. He's got 11 home runs. We said like him and you know, also on fire. Evan Longoria is on fire. Um. Yeah, he is. Schwarber, I was watching the game yesterday when Schwarber hit the bomb in the bottom of the ninth. 
G Giants says, Phillies always feels cool. I mean, uh, you tweeted that yesterday, and I was thinking the same thing watching it. And it, to me, it's two things. One, Lincecum's debut, Sunday Night Baseball, against Shane Victorino's Phillies. And two, that's the postseason. Yeah. You know, they've played some humongous postseason. I didn't even realize the Phillies aren't that good, but I just, I was watching it, it felt like this is a big series. It just yeah. felt, I don't the know. Phillies the Phillies uniforms are cool. The stadium, people care. Stadium's cool. And I think it's the history, for me at least. It's I think of, immediately, I think of Lincecum, Sunday Night Baseball, debut, and then, you know, like Cody Ross, Halliday, yeah. striking out. Uh, uh, Brian Howard strikeout looking? Yeah. Or did he ground out? Uh, well, he grounded out he and grounded his career. Out. Yeah, did he tear his Achilles? But that was different. That was a different. I don't think that was against the Giants. No, no, no. That that was the struck out looking. But... Underrated all-time nickname, the Flying Hawaiian. That's a pretty good one. That's a good one. Victorino. That is a good one. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a good podcast, Flying Hawaiian. Flying Hawaiian. Be, I'm sure you can make some good t-shirts out of flying It's just Hawaiian. like pilots from Hawaiian Airlines who record <laughs> podcasts while flying. With, uh, I almost said hookahs. Uh, what's it called? Not the Lays. Oh, uh, uh, lay. Lays. Yeah, lays. yeah, a lay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw this quote, but, you know, as we talk about Debo's, uh, Debo Samuel's contract, there's a couple other contract situations. One of both are kind of complicated. Um, he flew to the game, by the way, to go to the Warriors game and immediately left. Flew to the Warriors game. They put him on the screen. Always awkward when like player ends up on the screen next to another player who doesn't get identified on the screen. Jason Verrett right next to him didn't get the big screen. <laughs> but Debo got the big screen. I think that ha- didn't that happen with Trent Williams last year? It was like it Debo Samuel, but it was before Debo was good, but he wasn't Debo Samuel. Trent Williams, eight-time Pro Bowler, and he didn't even care. When it's Jason Verrett, kind of understand because he's very not understandable. Big. Trent Williams is massive. You, if you don't know anything, you'd go, "Is that somebody too? Should we just check? Is that guy next to him also somebody? Yes, no, maybe." But yeah. Uh, so I, th- this quote, John, from I Am Athlete podcast, Aaron Donald. But me talking about retirement, that was happening way before he won the Super Bowl. I've been saying that since I got into the league. I was going to play eight years and be done. That's what I've been saying. It just came out, and then everybody thinks that, oh, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to retire. No, I got teammates, coaches, my family who know about this. I said I'm going to play eight years, and then I'm probably going to be done playing football. So he goes on to say, you know, we'll see what happens now. It's been interpreted as this is leverage. It's a contract situation. He's not coming back for $15 million, right? He's only coming back if they make it worth his while financially, which it feels like they're going to have to. I don't know what that number is going to be, but – is there risk in this for the Rams is one of the conversations I think with one, with one thing Donald. I'd say to Aaron, I'd be like, I think part of the reason it really took off is it wasn't just, it was you and Sean McVay. were both going to leave the Rams. You're going to well, retire. Was Sean McVay was going to go. Bowl, what's his name? Right. Rodney Harrison says, I talked to Aaron. He might retire. Yeah. And, and but there, and the coach was already rumored to like, he might just walk out to the sunset and go do TV. You're like, this is insane. These guys yeah. are going to leave. Uh, I, I, to me, there's risk in this. He's a all-time great player. He's a first bout Hall of Famer. That Super Bowl, when your power went out and you came over for the NFC Championship game, and the Niners were up by like three points, and they panned at the fourth quarter, and he's given a pump-up speech. We're like, oh fuck! And it was just, and I mean, he ended up ironically ending that game right when he grabbed Jimmy and the ball flew to who knows where. He's a he's an all he's I would say he's one of the most unique players in football history because he's tiny. Not, I mean, physically he's thick, but he's six feet tall. He's like the better version of Warren Sapp, and Warren Sapp's a Hall of Famer. But I'd say Aaron Donald's on an even another level. 
but he's like got his shit together. Like he's perfectly, he's jacked like a running back would be jacked. He's got a six pack. Yeah, to me though, he's got a six pack. He plays interior defensive line. Those guys usually don't have six packs. No, and just shredded six pack too. It's like it feels like he's closer to like two percent body fat than he is seven. I, I just worry with third contract guys. Seattle chose, right? Basically all their guys, they didn't do th- third contract on those great defenses. The Niners, you know, Willis and Bowman, who were both guys were like, are these the two of the best linebackers I've ever seen not named Ray Lewis? <laughs> their careers just kind of ended fast. Defensive guys, I would say more than offensive guys. Hell, like Trent Williams just going along. Joe Staley played for like 15 years. I feel like defensive guys like running backs can just fall off a cliff. Now, could I give him... Do I love giving him $130 million? He's clearly earned it. He's a very, very important player. And if he's going to play like he did the last last year and previously, he's well worth every penny. But you have to be, like if I was Les Snead and Sean, you just don't really have a choice because the going rate for him is, it is what it is, right? It's $120 million or something, guaranteed. Do you feel great? Like, I, I don't know if he'd really slow down because he's a workout guy. Like JJ Watt doesn't slow down because he's not still good. He always gets injured, right? When Jay when JJ can just be on the field, you're like God, JJ's still pretty good. This guy is, is pretty healthy. So maybe the only nerve like you would have on their side would be like, well, if he snaps a leg, but couldn't that happen? That could happen to fucking Debo Samuel. DK that could happen to any player. DK Metcalf, Dak. I don't think you worry about slap, snap leg. I think you have to wonder how long can he be? How much? What percentage of our cap are we going to put on this guy? If would be a lot get, if he wants to get paid like the best defensive player in the league, which is how everybody everybody thinks he is, right? But he did once upon a time, him and Khalil, and he lived up to it, right? Yeah, it was just yeah. earned every penny. But you don't lead a team to a Super Bowl, which I think we could agree for a defensive player. He led that he they don't win a championship without this guy. That it was awesome. The guy in his position gets paid every time. Like the guy in his position wins the negotiation every time, and. He does have three years. I was looking. He has three years left. Like last week, I just look at his contract. The problem is, is like it was that you know when you go to Spot Track, it, you know that little bar where it's like no, they basically can get out of it year to year. It's yeah. the, the the fake part of the contract is starting. Yes. So I think a lot of people are pushing back. Like he can say this, mm. and I don't. It doesn't sound like he's lying there. Like you don't really make that up. But it is the point. Would he if he still had like you know he's owed forty eight million dollars the next two years? Would he would he be saying this? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the question is, is this negotiation tactics? I, I think on one hand, I think, why does Aaron Donald need any public statements as negotiating tactics? Because they don't have to extend him, right? He has three years left on his contract. So then, so so the thinking is, um, I need to make sure people understand that I might retire and public pressure talk about the fact that I might retire and that is what gets me a new contract? Because really, if you just call Les Snead and say, Les, I'm going to retire without a new contract, doesn't that accomplish it? Like, do you need to make, I got no problem with him making it public. I guess what I'm saying is, is this a tactic by him or is he really thinking about retiring? Reading that quote doesn't seem like maybe he was telling the truth. Cause he, I've been telling everybody I'm eight years and done, which is quite a plan by the way, from Aaron Donald. I'm eight years. I did the math. Eight years is all I need. <laughs> then I'm out. Uh, so we got that. And then you got Kyler who, you know, um, I don't look at all quarterback situations the same, right? Like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson don't show up to OTAs. To me, different than Kyler Murray doesn't show up to OTAs. There's no question about Aaron Rodgers, back-to-back MVP. 
There's no question about Tom Brady. I know he's a leader. There's no question about Lamar Jackson. I know he's a leader. Kyler, are they going to give this guy $40 million? Do you think a quarterback? For, do you think he'd sign for 40? I feels like he's going to 40 a year. The, Sorry. The, what I but I'm, I, I mean the most. Like I feels like Kyler thinks like I'm getting 48. He just looks at the other contracts and he's thinking like, if Josh gets 43, I get 46. I think that got 40. I, I'm telling you, I think Kyler, for, listen, 40 is an astronomical amount of money per year. If you told me Kyler thinks like he's he's looked at the other people and thinks like 46 is my number. I'd have a real problem. <laughs> I think the Cardinals are in an awful situation right now because they're not good enough to like really get it done in crunch. They have no, they've shown no evidence they can get it done in crunch time. Their coach hasn't, and Kyler certainly has not. And yet they're kind of stuck with. They need Kyler to be competitive. I think the Niners. I think if Trey Lance is just solid this year, Niners are in a really good spot, right? Because this is a division that used to be, if you're not on your game, you're finishing fourth place in the division. Yeah. Now, Niners (laughs) Niners have one more than the Cardinals have, and Drew Locke is Seattle's quarterback. Like they're rebuilding. Kyler, the Cardinals have a situation where. Their their forty plus million dollar quarterback isn't their leader, and he's not as he can't carry them for a season well, like you know Aaron Rodgers does. What I wonder about I him, like ultimate, are, John, I think they are screwed. Well, they cannot pay him this offseason to me if they I, I I couldn't if I was them, and it doesn't feel like they're going to. Is Kyler going to show up to training camp? That'd be my question. Is Kyler going to show up to training camp? And I would say right now, who knows? And if your quarterback's not showing up to training camp, when you have no incentive to pay him, in ter- incentive by, like, you're not in a rush to pay him, it's a tough spot. They're in, I'm with you. I think that could have been their peak of the Kingsbury-Kyler moment last year, win 11 games. And not, they didn't just win 11 games. They should have won the division. They were cruising for a while. I mean, at one point in time, they were 8-0. And then the way their season ended, they got throttled that that Rams Niner game. I mean that obviously that game was the the moment of the day. But I, I kept looking up at the scoreboard. I'm like, Seattle is kicking their ass. I think the final score is like 35 to 24. But I had a buddy that was there for work. He's like, I, the game was not that close. They got killed, and then obviously it carried over into the Monday Night Football playoff game. I mean that's. I'm not trying to overreact, and I think it's just it, – it's hard to truly – when you're like, that was the best game I've ever seen, and you realize, do you truly remember, like, all the sweet games you've seen? You don't, because every time you watch a great game, you're like, that was incredible, but you just forget as time goes on. For a guy that number one overall pick, ton of hype, ton of talent, th- that's probably as shitty of a playoff game as you're going to see from a young quarterback. It, do- it just doesn't – it doesn't get much worse. It, and it was just it was just a lifeless effort too. It looked it like, like a basketball game where a guy doesn't get back on defense, doesn't really move the ball offensively, doesn't like, was try he, to create. Was he tanking because he's trying to prove a point? I, I don't know if he was tanking because he was trying to prove a point so much as yeah, yeah. I mean, some he just was not all that interested. And because you can have a shitty game and be like, you know, he's just off, but he was he fucking had to drag him off the field, right? Yeah. Well, you, you, you always felt like Jim, Jimmy really, really tr- Jimmy always tried, and we'll see. And that's not every. There's different rules apply to everybody. And if if I, you know, if you're a well respected leader of your team, then when you're gone because you're skipping OTAs, I'm. If I respect you, if I know you do everything right, if I know that you're the leader, 
and you skip OTAs, I go, well, maybe he's got a good reason. Well, I, I think it's Lamar's is very understandable, right? Yeah, and, but but it is understandable. But I also think Lamar Jackson deserves a benefit of the doubt from his teammates, which he probably gets, that Kyler Murray has not earned. Like, I don't th- – the Cardinals quarterback is not their leader. And that's a problem. If you're not, if your skills do not allow you to carry your team, then what, like at least at the end of the day for the Cowboys, even if Dak is not a tier one quarterback, he is a leader. He, you, you were, his teammates respect the hell out of him. You know, your baseline is going to be pretty damn good. Maybe never becomes a tier one guy, but you know what, at least I'm paying all this money to this guy that runs my locker room. Kyler does not run their locker room. Like, it's they have, and clearly something happens at the end of the year with them, whether they're just not well coached enough that it's now we're the second or third time through the batting order, and you're not good enough when this when everybody has all the information. Well, think about this. They brought in, I saw someone in the chat say this. Remember last year when they gave J.J. Watt that money and after he'd had those major injuries, people were like, oh, my God, this is kind of crazy. But then it kind of, even that, I remember hearing Steve Kime talk about it. I'm like, I kind of get it. And even if you follow J.J. on social media, he's there every day working out because you know what J.J. does? He's all in on whatever team he's on. Like, that's he's paid to be the leader. He loves football. He's just, he's all about it. How does J.J. like, brought him there for leadership. Well, if Kyler's not around, what's it really accomplishing? You know, it's just, to me, they're off kilter. They are. They are off kilter. Like, ultimately, Seattle's just not good enough. They're not going to have a quarterback. The Rams, are, clearly, they just the way they've been, really, since McVay's been there, are always going to be top-heavy. They're going to have four or five guys making a shit ton of money. And if those guys can, the majority of them can play like pro bowlers, they're going to be tough. Arizona's always been this kind of, like, the 49ers, like, can they just get quarterback play? If they just get quarterback play, watch out. <laughs> Cardinals are like, God, they got a lot of moving parts there. If you're going to, yeah, if you're, because we don't even think, I, I think part of it is like, you know, he's been better than we thought. Or, I mean, I'll take Cliff Kingsbury has been more respectable than I clearly thought he was going to be. I thought he would never, even with Kyler was a stud, get be a playoff level coach. He won 11 games in the NFL. You win 11 games, even if he never wins, goes above 500 the rest of his career. That was an impressive season from Cliff Kingsbury. Do you agree with that? Yes. But, He's not a joke. He's not a joke by any stretch. No. But I think they've peaked. I do too. They, or maybe the better way to put it, maybe they could do that again, but I think they've maxed out how far they can go. But I think it's going to be last year, right? He's in he's in year three. Everything's going really well. He's probably thinking payday, payday as the season's going on. Now he's in this mode where if you're not paying him, he is not like Mr tough it through adversity guy in in terms of this he's already a naturally his body language is terrible to begin with now he's pissed and acting weird but he's your quarterback it's just they're in a weird spot no john they're in a bad spot (laughs) yeah i would i would short them this year did you short them last year i did but then they started eight no and i was they they had made the playoffs by unshorting you pants them I uh, I just I was screwed, so I had to. I just took the L. It's like our, our buddy. Out, you're right. Don't don't sell you at a loss. But but it's hard. I remember our buddy went out him here. Uh, but we were playing golf with him one time, and he's yeah. You know, this guy's Ivy Leaguer, great businessman, works in finance world. Paul De Podesta. When, when COVID hit, and he's like, I shorted the market. I was like, I would have too. And then the problem is, the market had like the greatest year run ever. You just sometimes <laughs> you just get take it take the L. That's one of these, uh, this show Mad Men I'm watching. 
Uh, what's yeah. when of the what, where, where do you find that? Uh, Amazon Prime, gotcha. which yeah. boy, that is a that is a streaming service right there. <laughs> okay, what's that a new company? Dude, new company. They got they got vi- they got video. You can watch videos. Oh, but okay. uh, there's like the third or fourth episode when Don Draper. I'll I'll re- recap it for people that watched this back in 2007. <laughs> uh, uh, Wendy from Billions. Do you remember that she's in Mad Men? Yeah, I do. She's got a, a a department store, and they're talking about how her grandfather got this like great location. Somebody else owned it. And like uh, the story was, and then sold, they sold everything in the crash. <laughs> like they didn't hold on to the real estate. They sold like, imagine, you know, now they've got this, uh, whatever fifth Avenue or part, whatever the big shopping. Oh, thing. in New York city. Yeah. New York city. It's like the guy was down, sold it all. Yeah. You just, you got to ride out the tough times. I, I do think uh, if you were retirement age, 1931, it's like, I, you know, what do you do? <laughs> you know? What, what do you do? You know, tough, tough times. Tough times don't last, guy. Tough people do. Uh, Mac Dre says, that's a good saying, John. Good show gets slow at times, though. Yeah, we were just talking about that beforehand. Oh, I thought he was talking about us. I Honestly, I did at first. Good re- show gets slow at times, though. Five stars. I was like, God. <laughs> it, it, I, honestly, it, I, I would say it leans much slower the majority of times. It's a slower show. There's something about a lot of drinking that makes a show watchable, I think, specifically whiskey. I would say any any show that has whiskey cocktails constantly in office settings is like worth keeps you intrigued. Just the on this is gonna sound crazy. The sound of ice in a glass. Billions does this very well. Billions is always now you and I both bailed on billions the last season, but they do a great job of closing heavy doors. I've always thought a great job would be in charge of the sound on a show. Cause a lot of the, like when you hear a door close or you hear somebody walking, like those are sounds added after the fact, usually, right? Like those yeah. sound effects and glass breaking. Cause they use that breaking, fake ice in the glass. I've billions does an incredible job of setting like the richness of everybody. The doors are heavy. When they walk, the floors sound really good. Like the wood sounds good. And mad Men, man, the ice, the door, it's just, they nail the sound. It just gives you a real feel, man. Yeah. It Which, feels like John John Ham's one of those guys that uh just walks in the bar and says, I'm here for the sex. I'm here for he's, the free he, sex. He's got a kind of that vibe. You're going. not gonna cite the comedian who invented that joke. You can't cite Louis. Yeah, I mean, is he is he back now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> it doesn't feel like his transition's oh. been as smooth as I, I thought. All know? the smoking. The, the smoking, but I would say that like older shows, smoking's just a huge part of the cigarettes. They any white collar drinking in the job, you're like, do these people drink? After, how do they get anything done at the office? I, I understand if you go to, you know, go vodka lunches or whatever, but they, they drink at the job. Like, how do you sit there with a cocktail and work? I, I can't work drunk or even just sipping alcohol. Like, I, Maybe you're not I working. Not, you're just hanging, you know? Well, I separate the two. Yeah. But I mean, these people. Yeah, maybe it's all just bullshit. That's their, yeah, and that's kind of their job. Right. But the sound of the lighter to me is just the Zippos. No, not the zip. I mean, are they zip the the like? I'm saying like in Mad Men, like these nice metal click click click. Do they not have the Zippos in Mad Men? Oh, it's kind of the the gold well, one. What is Zippo? Zippos just a brand? You know, the a Zippo little, lighter that's like the a square cuts in half. 
Oh, okay, know? yeah, that. And okay. it opens up. I always thought a Zippo is just the, like, or is that Bic that has the plastic? That's Bic. To me, yeah. Zippo is the silver one that a lot of old people used to have that opens up. You can refill. And you can get, like, cool, like, American flags on it or, like, mm. your initials on it. Mm-hmm. Skull and crossbones. That's always my move. Yeah. Big skull and crossbones guy. Go go Raiders. Uh, JT says Westworld is crazy. Westworld to me, fall, there's just, there's some sh- there's only so many seasons. And I think I watched two and I was like, I'm good. That's that's all I needed. I'm full. I'm not, I can't keep going. I'd say Westworld falls under the, uh, the other show that everyone, you know, pretended feels wrong. I mean, Game it of Thrones. feels like people like, yeah, just, it's a little, I can, I mean, you give me the sex, you give me some killing. I will watch, but that ain't my jam. Like I, I, I like real shit. Like ultimately Mad Men is relatable because it feels like it could really happen. Tony, you know, the Sopranos, the wire, like stuff real. I, I don't do like goblins or different yeah. worlds like that. That was my problem with Westworld. Like this is what are we doing here? But there was enough nudity and hot people and enough sex and killing that it was, and like, it was yeah. kind of crazy enough. Like it was to me, I'm not, I'm with you. I think you and I are similar that we're not big sci-fis, but that one was like, all right, how, what would I do in this? Would I go to Westworld all the time? If this existed what, what, in my Westworld, world? the Cowboys was a Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, yeah. remember real people could train in and just like wreak havoc and then go back to their regular lives. Yeah. Just, it, you know, I, I, I get had, where if you're just bullshitting, you know, over cocktails at lunch, ideas, and you're like, this might work. And then you put it and it does. I had a buddy, Casey, I was texting with my buddy, Casey Jacobson yesterday, who was, he told me, Game of Thrones is the greatest show ever made. You have to watch it. And I was like, you know, man, it's just not my style. And I can't, it's hard for me if I know, I don't know how many seasons, if if I know there's like eight seasons ahead for me, that's a, that's a lot to ask. Well, I, I think here, I'd say Casey Jacobson, a well-educated guy. Would you put him under that Stanford category? guy? Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of, uh. But a he said he's of, not a sci-fi guy is what he prefaced. But I feel like a lot of smart people really, really like, like well-educated people like Game of Thrones because I think oh. they look at it like there's deeper meaning to it. Like you're just looking at the dragon, but it's about like represents society, you know, oh, the, okay. the, the, the hierarchies of it. I don't know. I, I feel they look at it like big picture stuff where it's just like, yeah, I don't really care. She's got some dragons, you know. She's good looking. I, I get it. I never, I watched half an episode, so I, that's not a play to a way to uh, really evaluate something. You get, you get dragons, you know, you get pet, two pet dragons. Like, I'm sorry, you can't, you know, it's just not the same as like a cop show, you know? Uh, two quick things. Alex says, how do you guys evaluate running backs of practice, especially without pads? I don't. Nope. I don't really watch the running backs of practice. I mean, I'm aware who's out there who can catch the ball, but you tell me, I don't think there's. When we, much. when we walked out there last I mean, week, I watch Eli- him, but I don't reach Elijah out. Mitchell walked by. My takeaway, I kind of liked his just swag. Okay. I thought he just like, okay, Elijah's kind of walking out here. Like, not only am I the starting running back on this team, like, hey, you guys saw me play. I'm fucking balling. Yeah, I'm the man. And I like having a some of my skill guys that just kind of got the vibes, you know? I need a couple vibes. And he's he kind of had a vibe. Good vibes. To him. Two more comments before we wrap the show. Swan Song says, True Detective Season 1. I think True Detective Season 1 is – you could make the case to me might be the greatest season of any show ever. Is that Woody and McConaughey? Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I would say the other comment, let's give the uh, award to the comment of the day. I don't have it in front of me. Someone said it earlier. Steph likes golf. Like Draymond likes podcasting. Draymond loves podcasting, bro. I mean, he just, he talked to Colin today for 45 minutes. I listened to the gym. It was actually pretty good. I mean, what, Draymond was just, 
just talking. Did you happen to see Collins' take on everyone's pushing Trey Lance? No one ever had to push Matt Mahomes? I just saw, I, I mean, I wasn't watching. I just saw that, like, one of the 49er blogs that I follow put it out. Yeah. And I tried to read it. I'm like, I don't even. Because I thought Collins used to be pushing Trey. Well, yeah, I think Trey went over his house last year. He liked him. I know, but but now I saw, but I didn't, I maybe. But like, like, like Colin told Draymond, I do three hours a day, five days a week. You know, yeah. it's just, there's a lot going on. <laughs> like, this is, we you know, about need, that life. You, you need some content, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. We will be at practice Wednesday. We will be live on YouTube after that. That will also be a podcast. That practice is at 1220 Pacific. I would imagine on Wednesday, we'll be on the air, on the air. We'll be on YouTube around 3.30, probably a little earlier, right, than we were last time. Is uh, the Adam Sandler movie out on Netflix? I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. If it is, I'm going to go watch it. All right. Good work, everybody. See you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.